This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Guy Jeans. Reggae rock singer, songwriter, Kyle Smith from Ventura, California is on the show today. And he offers his blend of Southern California style reggae with ska, punk, rock, and hip hop that is catchy, truthful, and humorous. Kyle's roots come from years of his troubled youth and addiction while living in Long Beach. His songs explain his life as a young addict with songs like Dope Fiend and Jaded, all the while keeping up an uplifting spirit and tempo. Kyle is a warrior and a beacon of light whose goal in life is to give hope and spread positive vibes with his music. His talent is raw, natural, and unforced. Whether solo with his guitar or backed with a band, Kyle stands tall and proud. With the flash of his smile, he immediately warms up the room and invites you into his world. September 24, 2021, his full-length album, Lost Cause, was released on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and all other major digital outlets and charted at number two reggae album. Kyle has been touring nationally for years and has recently been on the festival circuit for Cali Roots, Reggae Rise Up, Mammoth Reggae Festival, and he's being added to more every month. Kyle has also been featured on internet and radio stations all over the country, including 92.9 KJEE, 91.9 KCSB, Surf Roots Rodeo, and more. As for the future, top 40 domination is inedible. Kyle's music is going to spark and inspire a new generation of reggae rock enthusiasts. Super stoked to have him on the show. Let's see if I can get Kyle on the phone. Kyle, how you doing? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I, uh, I just, uh, I'm super stoked to have you on the show and, and I just want to hear about all your, your uh, stories that you've been on the road and, and all that. And I want to talk to, talk to you about your, your life, um, and songwriting and touring and your band and all that stuff. You know, I think we have, uh, you know, some, some friends kind of in the music business that have, I think they've played with you. Like I, in my band, the Stoneflies, I've got uh, Skabone that plays with me and Philly and didn't they play with you at one time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Philly played keys. Uh, Philly played keys with me like our first couple of full band shows ever. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Ezra and, uh, uh, Skabone and all those guys for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we we uh, have that uh, the same as well, man. That's pretty cool. Those guys, 
those guys are legends, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and Philly's yeah, just yeah. Philly's just tearing it up now, man. Producing yeah. and has a studio. Have you been to his new studio yet? I haven't been to the new spot yet. We recorded uh, some of the album at the uh, at Lion City, but I haven't been to the new his uh, new place. Yeah. I was uh I was thinking about and you know I kind of kind of see you on you know social media and whatnot um, but uh, I see you know you know how hard you are working which is like an inspiration for musicians you know um, I you know if people wanted to see how hard it is to be a musician they need to take a Kyle Smith clinic man. <laughs> I appreciate that, dude. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you're. Uh, how many days have you uh, been on the road this year? But I think it's some. It's a crazy number. I remember seeing somewhere. Um, we played a hundred and four. Well, I guess I should say I played a hundred and forty-six shows. I think the guys were with me for. I think uh, about. I don't know, I'd say at least 95% of them were full band shows. So like at least like 130 with the full band and then 15 or 20 acoustic sets. And on top like that, on top of all the drive days, I'd say for every tour, there's like an additional eight or nine days of driving. So I was probably on the road for about 200 days this year. And how, how do you like that? Um, it gets pretty gnarly sometimes. I like, I love being able to show up and see in new places and it's always fun when we get to go to a new town and you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, you know, an element of never being at home and like not being able to sustain relationships and like, yep. you know, there's, there's always pros and cons. There's a lot of sacrifices that were made this year to keep doing it, you know? Oh, for sure. And you're doing that full time now, right? Yep. Yeah, we, we quit our uh, quit the day job in uh, February. How's that going, man? Good, good. I, I just uh, yeah, like I had all these uh, plans as like financially to you know play this many shows and I can make this much per month to try to make up for not having the day job and yeah. now it's just like at the point where I just like you know I just work as hard as I can and just kind of leave the results up to whatever you know. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it isn't it amazing like. You know, when you do what you love, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're working, but you're really not working. It's, it's like, you just do it right. You're just, you, and and you just, you know, I talk about that um, with some other folks that have been on my podcast and they all say the same thing too. It's like, you you do what you love. You're not really working, but it's just, it's just your life and you just dedicate it to it. So good for you, man, going for it. I, I, I think that's really amazing. Super happy for you. Thank you. We're lucky to have it, dude. A lot of people, uh, you know, luckily, uh, I don't know, I found something that I love doing that I can, you know, also make a couple bucks at. So yeah. And you're damn yeah. good at it, <laughs> which is awesome. And there we're still learning how to play guitar and shit. So. Right. <laughs> right on. Right on. So let's, let's talk about your story, man. It's a, it's an interesting story. A lot of people that listen to my podcast, um, are going to, discover you and and how awesome your music is and listen to you and you know let's talk about your story and like how you you know were down and out in long beach and then you know i want to find out like how that all turned around for you and and uh you became this uh musician that's that's doing really well thanks man i appreciate that um uh i guess uh shit man i mean i guess uh you know i'll just start like the day 
So I got clean. Basically, I, I was a, I was an addict when I was, you know, real young. I started doing like heavier drugs when I was pretty young, like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always like a, you know, normal partier during high school. And, you know, things started getting really bad when I was like 17. And, uh, you know, I started losing a lot and panhandling and my health started deteriorating. And then I was basically just like on the streets in Long Beach and like grinding and, you know, sleeping in bathrooms and whatever I had to do to keep using, you know, gnarly. Uh, and when I was 20, I was basically, uh, chased down by a bunch of family members and cops for like two days straight on July 13th, 2013. Um, and I was given sort of a choice whether to go to jail or to go to treatment. And I tried treatment and, um, we've been clean since. So July 14th, 2013, it's my clean day. And, uh, and, um, you know, it's a big part of like the songs and, and the message and, and, uh, and, you know, my, my life is kind of like rooted around like, you know, 12 step meetings and recovery programs and all that shit. And, and mm-hmm. you know, all this happening wouldn't be, wouldn't be going on without that. So I think it kind of shows in like a lot of the songs, Oh, for um, sure. the lyrics are kind of like, you know, about, you know, perseverance and just like not giving up and making the most you can out of life. And, and you know, no matter how you feel or, or how, how you feel emotionally or what your brain tells you, go in and give it your best, you know, I kind of try to uh, convey that with lyrics. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, were you playing music too when you were on the streets or what is that? Where does your musical ability come from? So I started playing guitar when I was real young, like seven or eight. Um, and then I, I really like started to hate it when I was, when I was using, cause it was like my only means of like making money, you know, uh-huh. cause I, I would take my guitar. I was like in downtown Long Beach or, or Belmont shoulder every day, just like panhandling. And most of the time I was withdrawing and just like sick and miserable. And, and I just kind of did it cause I felt like I had to. Um, and, uh, and I ended up really like starting to hate it <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, cause I was, I was always just, I felt so terrible and I weighed like 113 pounds and I was just like, you know, I, I was really, really bad. So, um, I didn't play guitar for a long time after I first got clean and I didn't really know who I was or what I liked. And, and then, uh, after like a year or two, I kind of started playing guitar here and there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I never really thought that I would do anything with it. And then when I had like three or four years, in uh you know uh recovery i started posting little videos on facebook here and there of just like me like with some songs that i wrote and stuff and uh one of them got shared by a bunch of people and got a ton of views and i got a bunch of really cool messages about like you know just people like throwing away their dope and like you know flushing their their drugs down the toilet and, like some really really cool shit and and it all happened within like a few weeks and wow. uh yeah, and it all just kind of happened on its own, really. It kind of took a life of its own as far as, like, you know, I got a message to go record an album, and I did the album, and, and I don't know, just kind of, basically, like, I'm just kind of following, I'm kind of following, like, just the next step, you know? Yeah, total calling, isn't it? Uh, it feels like it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, going from down and out, and then all of a sudden doing that, and now you're 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 performing on some big stages in front of a lot of people and you got all these people relating to your story you know it's pretty awesome 
Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing, man, 1,000%. Yeah, and your songs are awesome, man. I mean, I've been a fan. I've been a fan for a, a long time, man, and um, I love your songs. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, you know, me being a songwriter as well. And wanted to find out how how your songwriting takes place. Is it uh, you start strumming around on the guitar and then um, start feeling the lyrics come in or is it vice versa or how, so, do, how, how does it work for you? Um, I'd say 90% of the time it just like starts with some kind of like phrase or like quote or saying or idea. Yeah. Uh, because you know, it's, it's, I'll be like about to fall asleep at night and then I hear something and I'm like, all right, this needs to be documented. Right now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that weird how that happens? <laughs> It's like when I'm on a plane. It's like when I'm on an airplane and I just like sit in my head for like five hours and have nothing to do. Yeah. Or if I have like a day off and I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's it always starts with some kind of like phrase or something that I think, oh, that's a cool like play on words, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Uh, very very rarely does the. It's always, I would say that like the riff kind of comes last in a, in a way. Like it's always like based off of the lyrics and then. I kind of try to layer things like, you know, guitars or horn lines or whatever that work, you know, after that. So are you doing this on your guitar or are you doing it on a, on a keyboard? Are you hearing that? It depends on the song, you know, sometimes Uh it's a guitar riff. Sometimes it's like, you know, uh, a synthesizer line. Sometimes it's a horn line that I hear that I'll just like, I'll play like keyboard horns and then have, you know, horn players come in and track them later. Yeah. Uh, Whatever I can do to remember it, you know? Uh-huh. A lot of the production is just like at home now. So like like the last album, uh, Lost Cause, pretty good chunk of those were like self-produced and 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 recorded at like on at home on Logic with all my stuff that I have here. So uh-huh. uh, we were doing that, and then we, like some of the more punk rock stuff or fast stuff, we do like you know I, I get Scotty on the drums or Chris on the bass, and we do like more full band live sounding stuff. So what's your what's your uh most well-received song when you're playing like what what do the fans really like the most what song that you know um, or, or is it a bunch of them it's i'd probably say it's one called uh astray oh yeah okay. and it's kind of like a slow like dubby kind of it's kind of like mm-hmm. a one of my only few actual like reggae tracks you know uh-huh. so uh i don't know it's just kind of a slow dubby song and and uh um I don't know if it's the lyrics or what, but it's, it's uh, whenever we say, gotta find my way, it's like everybody knows it right away. And it's like, everybody sings the whole thing. So isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah Dude, have the, have the audience singing your song. I mean, it comes straight <laughs> yeah. from your soul and it's out there and it's, it's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Very, very, uh, we're very, very blessed. What, uh, what is it like being up there? Like seeing those, those folks singing, singing your songs. Um, well, it's, uh, it depends, you know, you have, you have situations where you're playing to, you know, 3000 people mm-hmm. and it sounds like an army. And then you're in situations where you're playing for 15 people, but they're giving you like everything they got, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, that's cool really, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really, uh, the, the, the more I do this, the less I care about how many people we're playing for. And the more I care about like how happy we make them, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and when there's, you know, we could be playing for 20 people in a brand new town and, um, still just like having a blast and putting on the same show that we would for, you know, a couple thousand. You know? So as long as, 
long as the people are stoked and they know the songs and and there's like at least five people that are super happy that we're there and singing along it's like as long as there's at least one of those we're, uh, we're having a good time <laughs> so the the euphoria that you feel when you're playing in front of the the folks um in front of those audiences and stuff like that you know that it definitely creates a like a, a big shot of dopamine, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's definitely a high. What yeah. would, would you, how, how would you compare that to like, you know, actual drugs and the, in the, the two different highs? Um, it's, yeah, it's just completely different. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're, you're spending like what, at least when I was using, it was constantly just trying to get enough to fill a void. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so far, like all the love that, you know, we've, we've found playing music has been the only thing in my life that has filled that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, you know, it doesn't even compare. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty yeah. awesome feeling though. Right. I mean, when you get, you come up, it's a pretty awesome feeling when you come off stage and you've got that, you know, that crowd going and you come off stage, it's a pretty intense high though as well. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, it turns me into a, a like I act like I'm a little kid, like <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, that's like good. Theme park, you know, and and uh, and it lasts till four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> we just cannot sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you guys are touring, I was I was, uh, you know, I, I did some touring as well, and and one of the things that a lot of people don't realize out there is when you're a musician and you're touring, um, you know, how little asleep you get for one, but also, but also, you know, what it takes. I mean, you know, like you got, you got these folks that do these like normal, you know, eight hour days, you know, and they're working their grind, just doing eight hour days, you know, with musicians, it's, it's like constant, you know, you're, you're touring, you're driving, you know, however many hours you are to the next town, and then um, you get there, then you set up and you do the sound check and then you got to set up the merch, merch booth and then yep. you're, you're waiting around and then you play. Then you say, you know, hi to everybody and all that. You break down and then you drive to the next place. And it's it's pretty grueling, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It gets, you know, we have our days where uh, we have our days where we're tired and, and you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm just like. You know, I'm like on a mission, and I'm just like dragging my crew like through, hell, <laughs> you know? and like you know, because you know, most of the time I'm driving, and and they're like you know passed out, and they're just like whooped from the night before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, occasionally like my merch girl will drive, like, uh, but you know, for the most part, it's like we're towing like lots of gear, and I have to kind of be like the sole proprietor for a lot of that stuff and i have to be responsible for like you know a lot of the gear it's mm-hmm. my truck and my trailer and so i kind of feel like i have to do all the driving so yeah um, i don't know some days i just feel like like man like I, these guys are getting the shit kicked out of them and <laughs> they're like falling asleep like literally sleeping in the car like the whole time from city to city yeah. And, uh, and it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just think like, is this like insane what I'm doing right now? Or, yeah. or, you know, or, 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 are they down? And, 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 uh, you know, luckily I have a really, really solid crew. I'm sure, you know, yeah. uh, Chris Cheetah and Scott Brown, just from, you know, a lot of local shows and stuff. And mm-hmm. those guys, uh, great those musicians. Guys, 
oh man, 1000%. And they've just sacrificed so much and put their entire lives on hold to come like join me on this thing. So, um, uh, you're lucky, man, to have, have those guys, you know, that, that want to do that with you. They believe in what you're doing, man. That's so cool. Yeah. Very, very one, one, one in a million, man, for sure. So are you, um, are you guys staying at hotels as you're going? Or are you guys um, crashing no. <laughs> at people's houses or how's that going? Yep, down? Yep. It's all, it's all friends and family, man. We would not be able to, some nights, you know, some nights we spend, Two hundred dollars in gas, and and uh, and we make you know fifty bucks at the show, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's hit and miss, you know, and and uh, we would not be able to tour if it wasn't for all of our people and supporters and friends and family putting us up every, pretty much every night, and it's it's pretty crazy. We huh. have a we have a, a big book just full of people that we can stay with all over the country and we have friends everywhere and it's pretty awesome. That is. And you're, and yeah. you're building a, a huge uh, following as well. Dude, what's it going to yeah. be like when you get on a tour bus? Uh, it's I don't know. Be awesome. I'll probably cry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's probably surreal. And I'm hoping one day, you know, I had like a dream that we were in a band the other night. So, yeah. Hopefully one day we can at least get in like a, you know, a, a sprinter or something, you know, something similar like a you know, Dodge van or something like that. But right now it's just the four of us in a Tacoma and, uh, <laughs> you'll get there, man. <laughs> you guys, you're, you're on the way, man, for sure. I mean, have you been on, have you been on any of those, uh, on those big tour buses and checked them out? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What yeah, are they like? Uh, uh, there's depends. So there's a company called, uh, bandwagon mm-hmm. that they have some that you can rent that are you know there's like 12 bunks in them and they are like 350 bucks a day mm. uh, that's not including gas <laughs> oh man those are gas guzzlers aren't they yeah oh yeah yeah it's crazy and um so i've seen those uh, a lot of bands are kind of not too many bands own tour buses anymore they're all kind of in this like renting out phase right now just because mm-hmm. It's a lot easier, and if you have any issues, they'll come pick it up, and they'll swap it out with a new one, you know? Oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, so, so a lot of people are kind of resorting to that bandwagon thing, or there's another company called Stormtrooper um, that does them. But uh, a few bands that I know, like Slightly Stupid, or, uh, you know, there's like a few, like, Cali reggae bands that have been on their bus, you know, pretty much every time I see them, and they're like spaceships, you know? There's, <laughs> yeah, there's pretty crazy ones you know, brand new kitchens and lights in the floor. And, and some of them are just like insanely modern and it just doesn't, it feels like you're not even like on a bus, you know, you're, you're actually like, you know, getting to know a lot of those folks, aren't you? Like those guys from slightly stupid and, and some yeah, of the, all yeah. those bands that are, are doing super good. You're, you're like uh rubbing elbows with those guys, right? Yeah, man. I mean, pretty much like every for the past like three, four years since we started playing the same festivals like Cali Roots and uh, yeah. Cali Vibes and, you know, um, a lot of the reggae festivals. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I, I pretty much, I don't know, I, I, I respect them and I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan than anything, you know. Yeah. Like I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to see what I can get out of anybody and I'm not just like, you know, yeah. kissing ass just to see what they can do for me. I just... I love their music and I just, I've always been a supporter even before I started doing my own stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Did, didn't you do like a, a tour with, uh, was it, uh, the, uh, was it Bumpin' Uglies or? Yeah. 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 How, how was that tour? 
It was great, man. It was uh, we we took their their Midwest run, mm-hmm. so it was a really really good opportunity to get in front of a lot of people that have never heard my music, and and uh, we played for you know three four hundred people every night, which is pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we were playing a lot bigger venues, and it was really nice just kind of being able to plug and play and have their you know have their techs handle everything, and it mm-hmm. was uh it was very very a very smoothly operating tour because they're very you know when you when you hit it with a bigger band like that they're just everything's streamlined very well and there's not really too many shit shows to deal with you know. That's nice. Any 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 other tours you're gonna go on with uh, any other bands that you have in the future or anything? Yeah, yeah. So in uh, in February we're going on uh, we're going with a band called Ayaterra. Oh yeah. And then in March we're going with the Movement, which is pretty well known. Yeah, awesome. And and in May we're going back with Bumpin' Uglies for like another pretty long one. <laughs> so so who's doing all the booking for you? Are you doing all that too? No, my so I I got an agent about a year ago. Okay. And uh, his name is Tim Azzarano, and he's the man. He's a shark. He's very, very professional. He's uh, just works harder than pretty much anybody that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, just, you know, he's just his own thing that he's been doing for the past few years. And he's not with an agency or anything. So there's, uh, you know, it's really, really nice that he just he goes to bat for me, and he works really hard, and and uh, he gets ten percent of everything. So yeah. So, I mean, know, he's just so, booking you like constantly, right? On all these different, these different, uh, towns all over the place. And he's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I had a, I, we, we had an agent one time like that. You know, I, I used to play in a band called Lion Eyes back in, back in the nineties and in Ventura and, uh, we had a guy that was booking us all over the place, like settle down, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had us, uh, he had us playing, uh, one night we were playing in San Francisco and then the next night we were playing in San Jose, uh, yeah. or Sam, excuse me, San Felipe, um, Mexico. So, yeah. I mean, you can imagine that drive. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, we did. Uh, I think the gnarliest one we've ever done was, uh, Pueblo, Colorado and then Scottsdale, Arizona the next day. That's a, that's a long one, huh? Yeah. We basically just left the venue and, uh, we left the venue and we were pretty much going from two in the morning to 3 PM the next day. It was like a 13 hour drive. Brutal. Yeah. It was pretty gnarly. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's the, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen at a show or that, that's, that's going on at a show, man, that you're just like, oh my God. Craziest thing I've ever seen at a show? Um, man. <laughs> not, to, not, to, not to be dark, but uh, we played in Norfolk, Virginia uh, this past, this past uh, June when we were out there. Um, as we were loading out, there was a shooting like right outside of the venue. Oh, gnarly. It was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was, uh, it was literally about 25 feet away from us right when we were carrying our, some of our crates out. Like we loaded up the cart and the second we went out the door, pop, 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 pop. And everybody was screaming and running and ducking. And, uh, that was probably one of the gnarlier things I've experienced on tour. At least, uh, you know, Norfolk is kind of known to not be like the best area. Yeah, uh, is that did somebody did somebody go down? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I I think I I just I know that it was like you know the dude was in his car and and uh, there it was basically like a drive by right next to us. Wow! And uh, that was probably one of the crazier nights we had. We were just like, holy shit! <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, very uh, very only a couple times in my life have I ever ducked from bullets, and that is <laughs> was pretty gnarly. What's the best show you've ever done? Like where you just best were like. Best show we've ever done? Oh, man. That's a tough one. There's, uh, I would say. Uh, where you were completely stoked, like everything was just perfect. The crowd, the the band was just tighter and tight and you're just on like that. What was that? What's the best show you've ever had? I would say we played, uh, we played a festival called Reggae Rise Up in Vegas. Oh yeah, and uh, we were opening for slightly stupid that day, and uh, everybody like just everybody was just loving it, and the sound was great. Like the sound man was killing it, and you know when when you when you have like your your drums all hooked up to the subs and the bass mm-hmm. is going through the subs, and like everybody's just like feeling everything you're doing. It's just it's really really cool when the sound is dialed. So it's probably probably like between that. Reggae Rise Up Vegas 2021, or uh, or this last one we played at this place called Nelson Ledges in Ohio, uh-huh. and it's a it's a big quarry that they turn into a venue, so it's like right on the water, and it was uh, it was called Gory at the Quarry. It was a big Halloween themed show, and uh, that was when we were touring with Bump and Uglies. There was probably like 2,500 people there, and uh, it was really really cool. It was just a uh, you know there's a big pit, and it was just I love when, you know, we can bring some punk rock to the reggae shows and when people mm-hmm. actually go nuts and start a big pit, it's just awesome. So, <laughs> that's so, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that was probably one of the more memorable ones, uh, at least this year or in my whole life, really. Has there any, has there been any, like, uh, like when you're at a show, like, uh, like somebody like throw something from the, from the, the stands or from the audience, you know, and like onto the stage or anything and like hit one of you guys. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Knock on wood? Not yet. We have had a couple situations where people think they can get up on stage. Yeah. And uh, we've, you know, we've had like a few, (laughs) we've had a few instances where people want to get up on stage and dance and we kind of have to throw them off. And it's like, people get kind of mad when you like, shove them off your stage yeah. <laughs> so, get off so, yeah there, there was there was one situation in ocean city maryland we played at a place called pickles pub where the stage is about a foot tall and this guy got on and 
and uh, me and Chris were both like pushing him off, and <laughs> he like started getting lippy, and and uh, yeah, we've, we've we've had a few situations like that where, you know, uh, Frog and Peach in San Luis Obispo, we've done that one, and uh-huh. um, it's usually like a lot of the really smaller venues with like tiny stages and built-in crowds where people do that shit. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's funny for a minute, but when you start like stepping on all my pedals and spilling shit on stage, like we'll throw you off. so yeah we've had a few instances where i've like yelled at people get the fuck off the stage and and, uh you know it's i don't know i'm yeah i I try to put up with as much shit as possible but there's a limit you know (laughs) what's the what's the biggest show that you've done like most people so far uh i would probably say i want to say that uh that one in vegas probably that reggae rise up festival in vegas uh last year how many? Was, uh, I don't know. I'd say there was like at least four or five thousand people there, like at our stage. Wow, what a trip, huh? Yeah, there was like I think it was like twenty six thousand in attendance all weekend. Uh huh. And uh, we played like right when the gates were opening, so it was like the way that the venue was set up was everybody coming in for general admission was just coming straight to that stage. Yeah. Wow. I still get people. I still have people that you know that can't come to our shows. They're like, oh, first time I saw you was at like, your Rise of Vegas, and you guys killed it. You know. Yeah. So that's a that's good. a that's a lot of energy, man. That uh, that you're picking up. You know, a lot of positive energy when you're up on stage, yeah. and you got all those oh, positive yeah. people, and just you know singing your songs. It must be amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing uh, nothing compares to it in the entire world. <laughs> that's for sure. So tell me about your uh, album. That uh, that you guys did and that got that came up to number two on the reggae album charts. That's yeah. pretty cool. So uh, it's called Lost Cause, and uh, it was my first full length album. And it literally took like two or three years to record because uh, COVID kind of uh, it didn't really stop us from performing, but it definitely put a damper on like a lot of people that were working in the studio. You know, a lot of people were kind of scared to book sessions and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, took a little bit longer than expected, but got it done. And uh, it was a pretty diverse album. You know, there's like tracks that I recorded on my own at home. And then there's tracks that I did, uh, you know, um, at other studios. We recorded at the studio quite a bit in Redondo Beach. It's called Kona Town Recording. Yeah. And, and we did some at 17th Street Recording in Costa Mesa. Um, and then we also recorded with Philly, uh, our local guy, Arrows for, for a few of them. Yeah. And then, uh, trying to think, uh, where else? I think that's pretty much it. We recorded that between like three or four studios. Wow. And, uh, yeah. My, oh, and, uh, and my, my other producer, George, uh, who's, uh, he's, uh, he's an engineer and producer behind like a lot of slightly stupid stuff. Mm hmm. So, he kind of, you know, he's really good at getting like a full sound out of like a bedroom studio, basically. So, we did a lot of stuff at his place, too. That's cool. What was it like having your seeing your album at number two? Um, it was very, very trippy. I, I honestly, my goal for that drop was number one, and then another band called uh, Soja put out mm-hmm. an album on the same day, and theirs actually won a Grammy. So to be second next to a Grammy right? album was really cool. <laughs> so bitching! Oh my god, yeah, it was way cool. Yeah. So, and, so you saw it, and you were just like, "Oh, dude, that's." I mean, that must be surreal, man. That must be. Yeah, this. yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, whether big or small, can like make it on the chart the day of a release, and I'm kind of learning that. But it's like, 
how long do you stay there? You know, it's like, even if it's like for two or three days, it's still pretty awesome. Cause usually, you know, you'll get on the chart for like a couple hours and then you're like down it, you know, off of it, <laughs> yeah. you know, how, how do you get up there? Is just people just downloading it and yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. It's it's uh it's it's basically runs off of like iTunes like purchases, you know. Yeah. So when something is new or something comes out and people like either order it on iTunes or however they listen, um, it usually gets filtered through there, and that's where they pick up like all the the streams and sales and stuff. Do you have um? Do you have any advice for like younger? Uh, musicians coming up in the industry, you know, I mean, they, if they look at what you're doing, I mean, that's huge. Um, just to see what you're doing and how hard it is and how hard you work to get to where you're at right now. But what, what kind of advice would you give to, um, young musicians that are in bands coming up? Um, man, that's a good question. I would just say, uh, I would just say, uh, be, I don't want to sound negative, but pretty much the first thing I say when anybody asks me like, Oh, you know, what does it take or what should I do? And mm-hmm. my first thing is always, are you ready to eat absolute shit for five years straight? <laughs> you know, uh, top ramen. Because, yeah. I mean, for a, long, for a long time, I mean, it was just like, you know, I, I was working my day job and I was using the money that I was making from working to kind of fuel this side hustle, you know, and I kind of, I I invested pretty much everything that I could into it for years and years and years until I could, you know, until it became Mm self-sustaining, you know, knock on wood for the moment it is. And um, I don't know, it's, it's uh, you just got to treat it like a business. And and at the end of the day, it's like, it's a numbers game. And as long as you were doing everything you can every day to get your, your name into as many eyes and ears as possible. And, uh, and you're really, really giving it everything you got. I mean, you can do anything, you know? So, uh, I think that there are people that, you know, there are people that want to work and then there are people that want to do the bare minimum and expect shit to happen. And, um, you know, you can't can't try to meet the right people or like, you're not going to, at least for me, like, I just, I don't think that I'm going to get like a break or meet the right person. It's just going to change one day. I think it's, I think it's one show at a time. I think it's one hug at a time, one handshake at a time mm-hmm. uh, for years and years and years and years of performing and, 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 uh, networking every single day, you know? So it's taken me five years to get to a point where there's like at least like 300 people that are going to come to our shows no matter what every year, you know? Yeah. I think the first time I realized how hard you were working is I was, um, I was at that sh- big giant show down in uh, Long Beach, you know, where, yeah and uh uh, and you had i think you had put like cds on all the tables and i'm like right on man i go that's (laughs) you know i mean i I saw one i saw them on the tables and you know people were picking them up and you know i mean just like you know grassroots marketing man thanks man yeah Yeah. it's a pretty much any yeah i mean i I try to think about that stuff if if there's a table there should be you know cds on it if there's a wall or a bathroom there should be a flyer on it and i try to just post my qr code as in as many people or as many places as possible so people can just scan it and go to their phones and pull up my music and yeah. uh you know social media is a huge huge part of it yep um you know just being active on instagram and facebook and being you know affiliated and and uh showing your name with you know all the bands that you listen to or people that like would compare your music to and 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been huge, like using that as a marketing tool too. So it's everything all the time. One of the things that I thought was really cool that you do as well is like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what you were doing. You do like these, like you have your show, but you do like a pre-show type thing, like for just like certain fans, but they have to pay like a little bit to like come to that, like pre-show before the actual real show. Is that right? Yeah. So we do uh, ingenious, doing, man. That's fucking <laughs> rad. what other people are doing, man. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I've seen other bands doing it where they do their VIP sessions and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, there's always somebody that just wants to support however they can. And if, you know, if they throw, you know, uh, some extra bucks at like jamming with me in the green room before the show, then it's like awesome that people, you know, down to do that. So yeah, I usually do like VIP, uh, tickets where they get in an hour early and they jam with me in the green room and, and I get them like, you know, lanyards and sign posters and stuff. And sometimes that's a, you know, sometimes that's a, Sometimes we don't make any money playing the show and that's how we're paying for gas, you know? Yeah. I mean, how cool would that be to be like a fan and you could go in and, and jam with your, the dude that you just, you're totally stoked on, you know? I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. I've done them quite a few times before I started doing my own shows. Are you getting any like, uh, uh, haters or dudes that are jealous and those kind of things out there as well? All the time. Seriously? Just, uh, I don't really realize, like, I don't know, it's just getting to the point to where there's just so many people all the time. Um, there's just so many people everywhere all the time that I don't really recognize it the way that I used to, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, I just try to block out any negative thing that I see, and, you know, people will always have an opinion, and music is subjective, and I just try not to take any of that shit personally because yeah. everybody kind of has, like, their own you know, idea of you or some people just know you by your music, but nobody really knows who you are as a person, you know? So Mm -hmm. I try not to take any of that shit personally and just know that everybody, it's like, I don't know, just kind of a projection of their own reality, you know? Yeah. It's a good way to put it, man. It's like, and for you you too, it's just staying focused, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're just, you're, you're tearing it up and I'm super stoked for you. So yeah, yeah, I want to, what's that? Uh, I was just going to say pretty much for every, uh, I just, I just look at it as for every, you know, one person that'll talk shit or, mm-hmm. or not like your stuff or, you know, talk shit about you. There's 10 people that are going to love on you and support you, you know? So it's just oh. part of the game. <laughs> Without a doubt, man. So what's yeah. next? What's go- what's coming up for you? I, I know you have this like hurry up and wait tour that's coming up in January. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's uh. That's uh, basically the second leg. We're going to do some, some, finally do some West Coast shows. We haven't played since, like, I feel like we haven't played in, like, six months at home. Um, I can't do any Southern California because we're performing at Cali Vibes Festival now. So there's, you know, a lot of radius clauses and a lot of markets that I have to stay out of uh, mm-hmm. just to, you know, follow the rules. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Cali Vibes coming up in February with uh, Jack Johnson and Snoop Dogg and, Cypress yeah. Hill, uh, that'll be a really, really big one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we got uh, just like some headlining shows in NorCal and just uh, anywhere we can play where we're not breaking any rules. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. For <laughs> Tahoe sure. And, oh, and, you know, that whole area. We love playing in NorCal. We usually do pretty good. So Nice. Well, I usually, I usually end my podcast, um, no matter what genre people are, are in, 
but I always end it with like what music they're listening to right now and what's inspiring them to do what they do. So I'm asking that question of you, Kyle. Okay. Right now, what am I listening to? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of who's been really, really heavy on repeat recently. Um, there's a really, really cool kind of ska punk band I've been listening to called Left Alone. Okay. Uh, they're awesome. They're out of Orange County. I would definitely check them out. Okay. Uh, Left Alone is really cool. I've been listening to a lot of, um, been digging into a lot of, uh, there's a newer hip hop artist called Prof. What, what and, was it called? Uh, Prof, P-R-O-F. Okay. He's a, he's a rapper from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, and he is out of his mind, and I love it. <laughs> and, uh, he's, yeah, very, very crazy, but just super musically inclined and just a musical genius. Um, and then, I don't know, other than that, I'm kind of a creature of habit, you know? I'm still listening <laughs> to still listening to a lot of, uh, you know, Suicidal Tendencies, Black Sabbath. Oh, wow. Um, much any, you know, any, I love, I love, 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 like, old school uh, old metal and mm-hmm. somehow combining like old metal and newer, like hip hop beats is kind of like a thing for me. Like some of my music, you'll hear like a, a metal riff or like a evil sounding riff over like a hip hop reggae type beat. Uh-huh. I love completely mixing stuff up and then getting a, trying to, I don't want to say something new cause everybody's done everything already, mm-hmm. but, uh, just being unique, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, so I pull from, pull from everywhere, everything, all the time, all genres, all artists. You know, we we're, we do not shut anything out except for pop country. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, um, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it, and I hope the best for you, man. I, I go go big, man. Go so big, and and uh, and and do it right, man. And uh, I wish you the best, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate the time, dude. Yeah, and I'll, I'll see you out there, man. I'll be in the audience. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you get to play at home soon. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Well, take no, care, buddy. Vibes, if anything. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> you, dude. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Talk later. All right, cool, man. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Later. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.